Oh, yes. She had an interesting experience. Then we'll lead. Then we'll do what we're going to do. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm giving myself a pat on the well-deserved pat on the back today. Um, uh, one month ago, uh, I was in the hospital on an enforced retreat for five days. Uh, I was brought in there with um, a chronic, I didn't realize I had this chronic uh, high sugars, but uh, normal sugar range for your body is between 70 and 99. That's a normal fasting blood sugar. Mine was 414. And um, I had no idea I had this issue. And uh, my blood pressure, I also had no idea it had gotten very high. I went from like normal and apparently it had been in the 200s for months. <laughs> it's amazing that I hadn't died. <laughs> and so, um, uh, and they put me on 40 units of insulin and a bunch of blood pressure medicines and, uh, and they all, they, all the nurse practitioners and the doctors said, well, you know, just accept it. You know, you're always going to be a diabetic now and um, you'll always be on insulin. You know, you're a serious case. And I, I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and they said, I said, no, I'm going to get off of this stuff and I'm not going to be a diabetic. And they said, oh, no. And I said, well, watch me. And I, I used a program that I had crafted for myself. I'm also a nutritionist as well as a hypnotist. And so in 2018, I had crafted a particular program of um, food and supplements. And uh, because my pressure was so high, I wasn't doing my any exercise because it was just too risky to you know raise your pressure a little bit more. So, <laughs> so I also took uh, my month off of teaching Tai Chi um, so just doing that, um, as of yesterday, I am having zero insulin. I went from 40 units to zero and my blood pressure has come from the two hundreds down into one. Yesterday it was 117 over 62. And my blood sugar, my fasting blood sugar is 90. So woo, yay me. <laughs> And of course, I say food and exercise. I say food and supplements, but you know, it also required a lot of this this NLP hypnosis stuff that we do. Yeah, <laughs> needed that. Cool. So again, everybody go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we like those stories, right? Yeah, because they're true. Yeah, so it is possible. I mean, that was record speed because I was really disciplined. But, you know, um, just realize that this is the same kind of eating hormonally. It's good for weight loss and blood sugar, you know, issues. So just know that if you have these issues or you know people that have these issues, it's not a death sentence and they can change if they really want to change their lifestyle. Well, it can lead into what we're going to talk about today. Yay, in a, good. In a roundabout sort of way, which is, is start with a quote. Uh, a picture of a fire looks like a fire, but it can't burn. Good picture of a fire looks like a fire, but it can't burn. Theory and practice are two totally different things. And we just had an example. A lot of people, and I'll, I've been busting our field a lot lately, you know, uh, the coaches, the NLPers, the hypnotists, 
and I'm modeling, I forget his name, he's a psychologist, he's always slamming the psychological community about that. You have all this theory, but in practice, you're not doing it in your life, right? And and it's like, it's easier to, to talk about and to do the theory and it, rather than it is to just jump in and do it. It's kind of fun. I was at a, I was at a, I was blessed to be uh, at an event this weekend and I got to talk and I got to sit around and, and learn. And it was great. It was one of the better weekends I've been to uh, in the hypnosis world. Um, every presenter was good. Every presenter was spot on. But the thing that was kind of fun and I noticed it because I'm, I'm, I, I actually practice this, not just think it, um, is one of the uh, people were teaching and he was getting so much pushback when he wanted people to go practice whatever he was teaching, right? Because it kind of leads into this. A lot of people, you know, I saw it the worst, I'll be honest, at psych conferences. That's the worst I've seen it, right? It was psych conferences and like the, the, the social work conferences I've been spoke at. And then, I don't know, alcohol and drug counselors, they're, they're their own thing. But then hypnotists and NLPers, but it's like this order of they want the information, but then when you go, let's go practice, people disappear, they don't want to practice, you know, and then some of them will be the same ones later going, I don't know if it works. But they didn't do the practice, right? They didn't do the practice. So a lot of this is about doing the practice, right? Because we overestimate what we can learn in our heads that we can translate into doing physically, right? If it was that easy, right? Uh, all the pro athletes wouldn't practice. They would watch the game tape, process it mentally, and then go play the game, right? But you always hear the elite athletes, right? Talk about they watch, I'll use football because it's the sport I know a little bit, but you, you know, the, the Tom Brady's or the Manning's and even that Patrick Mahomes, they watch, I think it was Mahomes that says, you know, he detail watches the game tape. But then he goes out and practices whatever, and he asks the people around him to like set the scenarios that he wants to practice, right? Because I think it was him that said, that's the only way you get better is in real time. You know, it's not in here when the game starts, it's the it's different. I think it's the same for what we do. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's something I always have to fight. But today I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, start with, and it's gonna lead into, uh, for those that are joining at the the NLP inner circle, um, that's we're going to talk about this in a different way in a little bit more detail there. Um, but when you think about you know some of the stuff that we're doing, uh, there's a there's I don't I won't do the whole poem because I can't think of it off I don't know it uh, offhand. But it's the um, one about it's not our it's not our darkness that we fear it's our light you know it's our inner light that that you know is what we're really afraid of right is letting that light out right and I think that's somewhat true uh, because basically we're surrounded by darkness right I mean it's it's darkness but how much light does it take to to light a dark room right. Um, I forget what the number is, but if you've ever um, been at sea at night, and I know Dr. Bob has, right? And it's especially on a moonless, starless night, 
Uh, I forget how many miles you could see a match on a, like a ship a couple miles away. If someone lights a match, you could see it through the dark. Only takes a tiny bit of light, right? So, you know, I, I posted a thing where I talked about one time I, I was going to the barn to feed the horses. And it was dark. It was a moonless night. It was really dark. So, you know, we do have this wonderful device, right? The, all the world's information at your fingertips, whether we want to admit it or not, right? Uh, so, but it also does all these other really cool little things. Like it has a flashlight. It has a, all this stuff. You know, there's one guy talks about, you know, when you look at like all the things that you used to have to have that now your phone does, right? You know, if you had... Maybe I'm not the only one, but you spent several hundred dollars on a GPS thing for your car. Remember back 10 years ago and you bought the little what is it, Garmin and those things, you know, and you put them on your car and all this, you know. And still, and even in my, my, little, my little car I got now, it's a new, well, one-year-old. And, of course, when you get it, it comes with the subscriptions. And they're like, you should resubscribe to this map thing that they have in it. And I'm like, why? I've got Google Maps. Right? Why would I want to pay you $10 a month for when, when I got it on my phone for free? You know, uh, But I mean, it's this wonderful thing. I, and it has a flashlight and this. So anyway, I'm walking to the barn and it's really dark. And, uh, and there's a lot you could stumble when you're walking up to a barn. I mean, this was, was a nice place. We had the horses at that time. Uh, but, you know, there's... It's a, it's a barn, you know, so you got all this stuff you want to make sure, you know. So I have my little, you know, I turned my little light on and I began to think about the fact, you know, it's a small light on our phones, you know, it, you know, so, but it was enough to see the way. Because how much light do we really need to see where we want to go? Right? We don't need that much light. We only need a little bit, right? Um, you know, it's a, it's a small thing, right? If you've ever seen... Um, I always, um, like a, and I use this term lightly, assault weapons or, you know, sometimes on a hand weapon, it'll have the little light. And so one was really cool. It was almost like a pen light, but they were selling it like, all you need to know is where you're going to shoot. You don't need to see everything around you, you know? And I'm like, that's kind of interesting, right? Uh, so, but how much light do we need? Right. If it'll, we just need enough to see the path and it, you know, it, it's just enough to enlighten us, realizing you're still surrounded by darkness. You know, I'm illuminating my, my way to get in there and feed the horse. Right. And. And of course, the horse was mad. I still remember that because I was late, so he, he wouldn't look at me. Horses turn away, show you their butt to let you know that they're mad. Right. Uh, until I brought out the food, then suddenly he was a very good a, a buddy of mine, right? But, uh, you know, the, the way was lit to get into the barn, but it was totally dark all, all, all around me, right? And, and it's kind of like that saying, you can fight the darkness or you can embrace the light. I mean, certain things are just changing. You know, I always use the analogy of um, the people that'll stand at Walmart and bitch for 20 minutes because they're they don't want to use self-checkout, right? Even though there's 20 self-checkout things open. No, I want what I want. I would call that screaming at the darkness. Most of us at the on this can relate to 
when you never pump your own gas. You know, they always said, you know, when they started the self-service, there was the same thing. I'm never going to pump my own gas. Well, good luck getting gas in the middle of the night if you're on the highway, right? Um, or whatever it is, we adapt it. We're seeing it, you know, with the pushback with um, AI, you know, the artificial intelligence, which I'm getting into the chat GPT-4 and all that. It's really cool, but some people are screaming, you know, even though I do believe Skynet's around the corner and they're going to realize we're irrelevant and they're going to kill us all, but... Until that happens, it's, it's really kind of cool, right? But you can fight it or you can embrace it, right? right? You can embrace it. And sometimes embracing the change is easier said than done. It's one of those things in theory, you'll say, oh, yeah, I can do that. But then when it comes down to it, it's, you know, it's kind of kind of difficult, right? Because, you know, I'm always having to remind myself that, you know, darkness does not overcome light. It's the opposite. A little light overcomes all the darkness, right? So, so how is it, you know, how can we use this in our own lives, right? You know, is to, first of all, all you need to do is light the path you want to go down. You don't need to light up the entire world necessarily. You just need to lighten, you need to light the path you want to go down, right? Um, Kind of like if you've, ever, if you've ever worn infrared glasses, they're very specific what, what you can see in the, in the darkness, right? Can't see all their peripheral vision, uh, and it's kind of a cool effect, but you only need to see where you want to go, right? Because it's that little bit of light that will light your way. And so, share the screen. There's a book, um, it's been around for a while, um, by Do Dr. Dawkins, um, Force Versus Power. Yep, great book. And it's one of those that, you know, it came out and everybody got into it, and then it kind of gets put on the back burner. But there was a certain group that really adapted to it, right? Um, uh, Dan Sullivan's strategic coaching group, if you've ever heard of them, they really embraced this idea. Of, you know, because when, and the whole concept, I won't go over the whole book, but in our culture, humans in general, we want to use force, right? We want to use force. We want to force our way to do whatever it happens to be. But when you force yourself, it's exhausting, right? You, you, you get tired because you're using all your physical force. As opposed when you tap into your power, it's, it's invigorating. Right. You'll see someone if you know somebody that likes to work out. Uh, I could be this way. I think Dr. Bob's this way and a few others. It's like it'll be a really hard workout, but you leave refreshed. Even though you spent like 1400 calories in a really intense workout, you, you leave there and you feel you feel motivated. Right. But if you did the same amount of caloric expenditure and something you dislike you had to force yourself in my case it'd be cutting the grass my wife loves cutting the grass it invigorates her i'll go cut the grass that's it i'm done for the day ladies and gentlemen you know make me a glass of tea or, or lemonade i'm putting my feet up i am out even though it was probably less calories than i might use if i went to the gym or you know when i was training harder in karate 
and all of that because you're tapping into whatever it is that enlightens you and, 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 and invigorates you, right? Well, what Dr. Dawkins talks about is this idea that we have these different states that we're constantly going in and out of, you know, and the darker states in his model is anything, I don't know where he, what his measurement uh, metrics were for the energy that this was was about, but any anything under the level of 200 that, that resonated with the level of 200 um, depletes your energy and takes it away. You know, and the states underneath that, with the lowest state, if you want to call it that, physical, mental, emotional state, because we all know there, there's no differential. You really into, in, enter into a state mentally, um, you, you enter into it physically. But the lowest of all is shame. It's like 20 on his scale. And shame, you know, is totally shuts you down, right? And it's based in your neurology because if you were, you know, a uh, few hundred years ago, if you were truly shamed and thrown out of the tribe or the group or the, or the unit you were in, it was literally a death sentence. Right? That's why we would avoid shame at all costs, being shamed by your peers, right? Um, being shamed by your family, being shamed for this, right? But then people strategically use shame, and the next level up is guilt, shame and guilt, right? To control you, to control the social order. You should be this that you know, I love the term when someone says you should you should feel ashamed. For what? You know, usually they're saying that because you're doing something they wish they had the guts to do, but they don't do. So they're going to rather shut you down, right? So shame and then guilt. Guilt is a little bit higher, but not much. But guilt to me is guilt is, is the negative feelings you get for something that you've done. But shame is core level because it's just, you're, it's a. It's just about being alive. It's about being who you are. You know, the ultimate is the shame of existence, right? That we can get into, right? So we have these lower levels, especially shame and guilt. So you got to look at like, what, what do you? And we all have this. I love when I talk to people, especially in our world. Oh no, I have none. I'm like, well, good for you. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you've dug deep. You haven't dug deep enough yet, right? And it really, I love it because it makes me look at myself is when the triggers happen, when something triggers me, right? Uh, that lets me know it's hitting something down there. You know, it's like, whatever it is, you know, what, 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 is, what lower level is it setting off in me, right? Um, because according to Dr. Dawkins, you know, society is at a, is at a very low level, you know, society in general, right? And then when he wrote the book, it was in the 90s, he said it was just starting to break above 200, where it was starting to get more positive. That his book was written, I think it was released in 94, which means he probably wrote it in 92. And that was a different time in the world. Things were going this way. Uh, I wish he was still alive so he could ask, has it reverted back into a lower level of consciousness, lower level of energy, you know? 
with the anger and the and the and the stress, right? So, you know, most people don't change much of their whatever their innate um, energy field is. Most people don't change it very much in their lifetime, including us. As much you know, it's a it's a it's a process to try to break free, right? To try to get up into the higher levels, right? And I know some of the things he wrote, or I, I saw him talk about later in his life, is that it's going to be a constant, you know, you might be able to get up into the positive areas, then, you, then something may happen and it'll drive you back down, right? Um, but we've all known people that are like so um, consumed by grief or guilt or shame, it, it's immobilizing. You can't, yeah, and then you, then it starts the rumination in your head. Whatever you feel guilty about, grief about, shame about, you, you start thinking about, which, which amplifies it, right? Those, you know, in our world, we call it, we're getting into those submodalities. So we're seeing the pictures, we're bringing them closer, we're making them bigger. You know, even though this event happened, you know, in high school, you're still thinking about it, right? Uh, or 10 years ago, it's still, it's still right there, right? So especially if you get stuck in these lower levels, to me, anything below like anger. And anger is an interesting, it, it's a negative emotion. But for many of us, it's the beginning of change. Right? A lot of times you think about your clients. You ever a client come in and just say, I'm just, I'm just pissed that I can't change this. Right? I'm yeah, and they're a little bit angry at themselves, but anger gets you to take action a lot of times, right? It's, it's the first one where it starts moving into an, more of an action thing, right? When you get stuck down in the, in, in the fear and the grief and the guilt and apathy, you know, apathy where you, you just don't care about anything, about yourself, about anything. You know, those are debilitating things. You just can't take action. Usually something may have to get you to take action. You know, I always love Jim Rohn's story, whether it's true or not, it's a great story where the thing that got him to change was he didn't have the money to buy something for his kids, if I remember right, right? And that's what got him to take action. He was sick and tired of it. He was never going to, you know, and his voice, you could hear it a little bit, but it got him to take action. So sometimes you have to just, like, tap into that, right? Um, but the first real change where you start going from the negative to the positive, according to Dr. Dawkins, which I like, is um, courage, right? And courage starts with truth. That you can't separate it. First of all, you have, you have to have the, you know, and we, courage is taking action. Courage is just admitting, I can't do this. I need help. I, whatever it is, but you have to have the courage to do it. Right? And how hard is it for you to reach out for help? Right? How hard is it for you to just say, you know, to drop the pride and go, I can't do that. I just, I just don't have it. Right? I was doing something the other day and somebody said, oh, there's this thing. Maybe you should do it. Da, 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 da. You know, and it was, oh, God, was it expensive? It was a coaching program. I, you know, no, I'm not doing that. And they're like, well, you know, and I'm like, honestly, Put my pride aside. I can't afford it right now. 
I know we should, maybe some people say you shouldn't say that, but it's like, you know, I'm not going in debt for that thing, right? And so, but it was hard, it, you know, there's that little, oh, do I want to say this, right? right? Uh, but it takes courage to admit that you're at those lower levels, right? Wherever they are. And which one lights you up the most? Which one is your stuck point? Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's anger, you know? Maybe you get stuck in desire. And to, desire to me is um, like envy. You could also get into envy. Why do they have that and I don't? Right? You desire it, and then you get mad for the people that have it that you don't. Right? Even though intellectually you might know, well, they know something you don't know. Uh, they've taken action you haven't taken. You know? Um, And I love it when 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 people do this in real. I was at that was well, at that event. And somebody said, "Well, you're in re- you're in really good shape. You're in better shape than w- than when they saw me a year ago." I said, "Well, thank you." And they go, "Ah, but it's just easy for you, right?" And I'm like, I almost wanted to say, "You've got two donuts on your plate in front of you," you know. This, this, it was at the hotel in Vegas where it was. I go, they have a great gym. I was up this morning at the gym, you know, didn't see any of the hypnotists there, you know, uh, and I'm on East coast time. So literally I'm at the gym and like, you know, it was easier for me to get up and go, but still it's like, you know, it's like, do you take the action, right? Or do you default to, oh, it's just easy for you. It's like that. So you're protecting your pride that somehow, you know, it's, it, it, you know, and I've seen it in our groups where people, in fact, it, it, another seminar is at, not this weekend, it's an online thing. And they were saying how many mature people will default to, I'm just too old to learn this technologies, right? And the person leading goes, well, then just grab a shovel, dig the hole, climb in now, because it's that it, you know it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna change. So you know, the speed of change is is going faster, right? So where do you you know stay, right? Where do you want to stay, right? And again, which of these is your which one likes which one can people use against you? I'll self-disclose. It's easy to attack my pride. It, you know, I'm constantly working on that. I'll, I'll lower my ego enough to say, because it's like, you know, because I'm always working on, there's a there's a big difference between, between feeling disrespected and being disrespected, right? Because most people are just oblivious. They don't know they're doing something that makes you feel disrespected. But, you know, it's like that can get me, you know, and then it drops me right into anger. And so those are just things, you know, I'm always working on, right? But you've got, you know, all change starts with truth. Truth leads to courage. Then you have a ch- junction point. Do you want to change? Do you want to do whatever it is you need to do? Dr. Bob was talking about going back to school and getting his uh, advanced degrees in physics, whatever it is. You know, once you're at that switch point, do you want to change or not? No. Coming from my world of, of the recovery world when you, you know, is like, 
Rarely have I ever seen someone that ends up in a rehab or an AA meeting that doesn't know that they got a problem. You know, general consensus is if you walked in the door, you probably got a problem. You know, people aren't getting up this morning at eight o'clock going, you know, I'm just feeling great. I'm going to go to alcohol rehab this afternoon. Right. You know, usually it's because they've wrecked the car, they're in jail, their wife isn't talking to them, or their boss gives them the ultimatum, or in some cases, a guy on a, with his black robe tells you that you need help, right? So whatever it is, you know it, but do you have the courage to change, right? That's where courage comes in, because when you start to change, it changes everything around you, right? Um, and and I know most of us in this world, whether it's an addiction thing or even like food or cigarettes, a lot of things, the, the money makers for hypnotists. It's their friends and family that sabotage. Isn't that true? Okay. You know, they're at work and all their buddies are smoking, you know, and the uh, whatever. So it'll, it'll lead you back. So, or food, you know, so you think you're better than us. I still remember clients saying that, that they'd come back and people, they work in an office and the office were good. Now you think you're better than us. You know, you used to be, used to, used to bring in the cookies, the cakes and that, and now you're not, right? So it's like, do you have the courage to change, right? And then to me, the, the, the magic point is courage up to willingness, willingness to try something new. Are you willing to try it? Are you going to, can? or what's, it's not from the addiction world, but they stole it and I love it, which is contempt prior to investigation will leave one in eternal ignorance. How many people are, will, will make the decision before they have any information? Right? You don't even know what it is yet, but you've already decided, oh, that's not going to work, you know? On a macro scale, we're seeing it in the political world. I don't care what your political beliefs are, but all these people going, whatever it was, it's like, well, you don't even know what's going on yet. They haven't released the information. Not saying they're right, not saying they're wrong, but at least wait till you see what the information is. No, no, I know. You know, um, I heard um, it was a football coach. It was either Jimmy Johnson or Pete Carroll, because I like to give credit where credit is due. But they're really good coaches. And they've both of them, by the way, have studied hypnosis, neurolinguistics, you know, how to motivate people. I think Jimmy Johnson says his master's in uh, motivational psychology, right? How to motivate people. But whichever one said it said the one thing that will get him to, to like just cut ties with an athlete. And don't forget, these guys are pro coaches. So they're dealing with some of the world's best athletes, right? To make it in the NFL, you're the best of the best of the best. You're yeah, I don't care what anybody, but they're great. If you ever got to deal with them, they're great. But he goes, the one thing that will shut me down is when I'm trying to show them something and they go, I know. Before they've done it. I, I uh, you know, it's like, I think it was Jimmy Johnson. He cut a guy once right in camp. He just turned and told his assistant to go cut him. He's not going to, if he's not going to learn, I don't want him in the camp. Right. Uh, so it's like, you know, so are you willing to try something new? And then with willingness, you got to have the courage to fail. It may not work. 
You know, those of us that are trying new technology, right? And some of you have been in my stuff, it's like, I'm always screaming, ah, tech, you know, it's a new, it's a new website with new, with new software. And, you know, there's a learning curve, right? There's a learning curve. To use an analogy Dr. Bob can relate to, you don't want to go into combat with a leader that's never been there. <laughs> you know, there's a learning curve that, you know, I want to follow somebody that at least has been, then you feel better, right? And it's a good thing. So anyway, what is your, you know, where do you stay? And we all like to stay, oh, I stay in love or joy, right? Well, I don't know, I don't. You know, I'll be in a good mood. I'll be up there in that nice area. And then something will flip me back, you know. And uh, so, you know, it's that thing. But they, according to Dr. Dawkins, the more people that stay up in these levels of like, especially like willingness and acceptance, it lifts, you know, for every one person that hits that, I, I forget what the number was, but it, it impacts like a thousand times more than, than people at the lower level, right? But generally, a lot of the world is at like a hundred or less. They're living in fear, guilt, shame, or at least in a lot of the world, it's 150. They're angry about everything, right? You know, and we would like it to be up into the other areas, but you know, it depends what's going on. So that's, you know, like, so, you know, where, where, where do you get stuck and how do you get stuck? You know, and then we can work on ways to get out of it. But first is the, it's the truth to know that you can get stuck. Okay. And again, that book is, it's coming back around. I mean, it's, it's getting replay again, you know, and, um, and he was a disciple, by the way, for everybody that's in the, uh, kinesiology, you know, doing the energy tank. He was a disciple. And that's, you know, a lot of us learn that. Again, we put it on the back burner. Oh, yeah, yeah, that works. And then you never do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah, that works. And you never do it again. You know, you know, you're getting ready to buy something. Uh, and you can do a quick energy check. But what will people, again, drops down to what will people think of me if I'm standing there doing like the finger test or, you know, I don't know if you know those, but whatever, whatever it is. What will people think of me? You don't even know these people. Right? I was, yeah, I went to a while ago. This one guy was doing something on like internet stuff. And he goes, You got to flip any without being one of us, I think. He was just an internet marketer, but they study what we do. But he goes, The biggest change you can make is when you post something. You know you've succeeded when you get three flames, when three people slam you for posting it. Then you know you're on to something, right? And he goes, don't get mad. First of all, you I just had that happen. I did a sponsored ad, and this one guy was really slamming it, right? And I'm like, I think I think because it was a thing on whatever it was. He goes, well, you can't be credible. You're advertising on Facebook, right? And, it, and to be honest, my first response is, who the fuck are you? But then I, you know, but it's like, well, I'm doing my job. I'm getting it, you know, maybe he wants to post, but he doesn't have the guts, right? Or whatever it happens to be. And of course, my response was, yeah, it's not like there's anybody on Facebook. No. It's not like why, you know, Tesla spends, it's the one place they spend money on advertising, right? I mean, it's like, 
I think it's Tesla, but all these companies, it's it's where the people are. You know, I don't want to I don't want to market where people aren't. If I want to do that. I put I use the newspaper, right? Um, unless you live in a paper place where they where they still read the newspaper. And the other really cool thing that happened this weekend was so cool. Um, Heather McFall was there, and she's got a practice just outside the villages in Florida. And everybody knows that's not my favorite. She goes, the reason I did that, they read the newspaper. The stuff I've known her for a long time. The stuff we were doing in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s still works there. You know, the, 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 the little quarter page ads of stop smoking, lose weight. You know, because they read average age, there is, you know, edge of death or whatever the edge of age is in the villages, but they read the newspaper, right? And they, you know, and they, and they, and they come in, you know? So anyway, where do you get stuck? Move my pen. And, um, You know, and then we can talk later. Maybe next week we'll talk about ways to get out of it. But just like having the courage to admit that, like, you know, most of us stay at different levels, right? And and you're and it's constantly fluctuating. Cool. I'm gonna pause the recording. I'm not gonna end it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, and like said about those of us in this world, we have that paradox of knowledge. We get stuck in whatever these lower levels are because of situations. It's going to flip your brain into certain things. And when your brain gets flipped, especially into survival, it's neurological to drop into those states to try to keep you. The brain's job is trying to keep you alive. It's always doing the threat assessment, right? So if it drops in on and come out, and those of us have been trained in certain things, we have that <clears throat> paradox of knowledge with the one outside going, you know, I help other people. I should be able to help myself. Uh, you know, physician heal thyself, uh, right? Or as they say in the law, you know, a lawyer that represents himself as an idiot for an attorney. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, you got all that going on. Um, and then it's just hard sometimes just to reach out. You know, it's that, because uh, it's, it's just hard, not just for us, but I think with therapists, people trained, it's, it's probably multiplied because of the, that, you know, even though we'll tell our clients, there's no stigma to reaching out for help, then we'll like, we won't, right? So anyway, that's why like lately, I, I've, after many years of not doing it, I've started taking clients again. You know, and it seems like most of my clients are people in our world, you know, therapists, hypnotists, NLPers, coaches. Um, so it's fun for me because I have to, like, think differently, right? And it's an honor when people reach out to me because it's just what we just experienced, which is being vulnerable, just being human, you know? Um, so anyway, I've been doing that. If anybody wants, I can go to the website. There's ways to, to look for you know, to, if you want some private sessions, so it, you know, we do that. Which I actually learned at this weekend to always close a recording with a call to action. I teach that, but then I don't do it. <laughs> I don't know how many times after I've stopped, I'm like, shit, I forgot to like, you know, 
you know, for those in the inner circle on the the 23rd, which I'm trying a Sunday instead of a Saturday class this next time, uh, April 23rd is the spiritual NLP marketing, how to build your business without losing your soul. Um, but again, you just go to the website, drwillhorton.com and there's info on the class or people that want or use the help. It's my honor, my privilege to do it. I've had to reach out for help, uh, especially a couple of years ago with some things going on in my life that I couldn't process. So anyway, I'd like to thank everyone. Keep in touch. And for those in the inner circle, it's a different Zoom meeting. So you, you should have yeah. got a link. And I'll see you in about 30 minutes. Have a great day.